When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. The following is a presentation of IMG. America's home for college sports. This is Duck Insight. This is Duck Insight. Insight on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. 25, 20, he will score! He's screaming! He's got some speed. He will not get it! He makes the grab! Yes! What a bullet throw! Sir. What a bullet throw from Hurts! Off the Welcome to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Time now for your daily dose of Oregon athletics. Here's your host, Joey Mack. It is going to be a jam-packed show today. We will go rapid fire here from inside the Duck Store near Autzen Stadium. Casanova Center is out the window along with the Hatfield Dallin Complex. Oregon worked out on the outdoor practice fields today for Oregon football. We'll take your Facebook comments and questions closing in on Saturday's spring game. It's a 2 o'clock start at Autzen Stadium. 
Three items of non-perishable food. That's your price of admission. All of it benefits Food for Lane County. Ducks will be honoring the military again this year. I love that portion of the football spring game. And we will, of course, have a pregame show beginning at 1 o'clock across the Oregon IMG Sports Network. We will then hand it live to Corvallis for Game 3 of the Civil War Series between the Ducks and the Beavers for baseball. It's a huge weekend in Oregon athletics, including a matchup with Oklahoma, the number four team or number two team in the poll number four team for the ducks uh for oregon softball oregon softball ranked number four number one in the rpi though oklahoma's in town on thursday it's a pretty awesome matchup top five teams meeting at jane sanders stadium there are still a few tickets available for that that's at four o'clock on thursday head coach mike white joins us on the program coming up here in about 25 minutes i'm also really excited to tell you about what oregon soccer is doing with the saint baldrick's foundation a couple soccer players, and one of them is a former soccer great, are going to join us in just a little while to talk about the festivities going on at Pape Field on Sunday that you're going to want to be a part of. More information on that coming up. Doing a soccer tournament, there's going to be food trucks, and they're raising money to benefit the St. Baldrick's Foundation, which is pretty outstanding. Mario Cristobal met with the media for Oregon football this morning. We'll start the show with that as he recapped the scrimmage in Portland for the Ducks over the past weekend. And he gets ready for the spring game a bit. Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach, meeting with the media before practice this morning. Gained some ground in that uh, aspect. Not exactly where we want to be yet, but effort standpoint, execution standpoint, making explosive plays on both sides of the ball uh, really stood out more than anything else. The offense made some big plays, chunk plays, in the run, and more in the pass game than in the run game. Um, and the defense made some, some big plays. Actually scored twice in the scrimmage. So... Um, overall, again, I think our schemes, our guys are more comfortable with our schemes. Uh, we're playing football, just literally putting the ball out there, playing ball, working special teams in between everything and getting a lot of reps for a lot of the young guys and trying to build some depth, right? Because during this time of year, that's the most difficult part. Um, really kind of function with anywhere from seven to eight linemen due to a couple guys that are banged up. But that's the way it is, right? In the NFL, they usually carry that or a little bit less. But Overall progress, um, we really are highlighting the details about being more physical. That was yesterday's meeting as a team, picking out plays that showed what we want to be, what we're trying to get to in terms of scratching and clawing and fighting for an extra inch, a yard, a first down, and while making sure that the ball security is intact, while making sure we're, we're not violating our tempo rules and going fast, um, and that we're limiting unselfish play, unselfish penalties, uh, that we're promoting unselfishness and re, uh, eliminating selfish penalties. Do you see any improvement from scrimmage one to scrimmage two in any particular areas that you're hoping to see? The biggest thing is the efficiency of the pass game. I mean, really, really efficient with the ball. Ball is out quick. Uh, Protection-wise, we improved tremendously, fixed some of the issues that we had in the first scrimmage. Uh, it was good to see a guy like Ryan Walk jump in there at center and have a great command of the offense. Uh, it's good to see guys like Popo um, come out there and give us some real production at the nose tackle position. Guys like Billy Gibson, um, Keith Sims, you know, continues to stand out as a physical presence. Um, you know, Diamador and uh, Thomas really played well at corner. The two guys are really becoming dependable, you know, hard-hitting, physical uh, cover guys that could do a lot of things with. So, And Ugo is, you know, an ultra-valuable guy because he knows the system inside and out in multiple positions. Uh, I can't say enough about um, Jordan. You know, uh, guys like Shane Lemieux that have really taken that, that role as a guy that wants to set the tone, that wants to set the tone every single practice. Um, and both quarterbacks, you know, after Justin, both Braxton and Tyler have really shown that they're, they're ready to compete. 
You know, they are making plays and we're putting them in tough situations. Uh, and they've come through, they've performed. We still got to fix a few things, right? Uh, Daywood Davis, the guy I have to mention, uh, Daywood really, uh, one of the biggest plays on in Saturday's scrimmage, you know, one of the biggest plays and, and his speed really showed. And if you watch Daywood in the weight room and how he approaches a daily routine, this guy's hungry and driven to be really, really good. So he stood out a bunch. Jalen Red, again, stood out as another guy, a guy that can make a lot of plays for us in different roles. Um, and our tempo got better, which was another point of emphasis. We kind of were slugging around a little bit. Scrimmage one, our tempo got a lot better. And our personnel, um, our misplaced personnel packages, as well as our substitutions, got a lot more efficient, and we eliminated penalties in those areas. With, with Royce and <clears throat> can I gone, the backfield. They're gone? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they can come back. One more is compliance. One more year, man. One more year. What, uh, what, you know. How would you kind of describe what the backfield's like? And I know you want it to be physical, but you do have yeah. some smaller-ish. They are smaller. They are smaller. Royce, you know, you've seen Royce for a long, long time, how... We might have an extra guy in the box, and Royce takes care of him by running through him. And the same thing with Kanai. Both those guys will make really good NFL backs. Our backs are smaller, but we demand the same kind of physicality. They still have to block on fast pro. They're still going to have to fill the A-gap and take on a Mike linebacker at 230 pounds, running full speed. And they've got to be able to protect and maintain their leverage and anchor down at the line of scrimmage. So is it a challenge for them? Some of it is. But the flip side is if you miss on them, they're gone. Okay, so there is a flip side. They might be a little bit smaller, and their power is not quite what those other guys were, but their elusiveness, you know, a guy like Taj, um, you know, TBJ, uh, I mean, Travis and CJ, I mean, Cyrus. Cyrus had a big scrimmage on Saturday, and he's a guy that has more size to him, so we got to rep him more. But overall, we're pleased with the way those guys are coming along. Now, mind you, we are all over about ball security because it's not good enough. It's not even close to what it needs to be. But um, they're progressing, and Coach Mastro, you've seen the way he coaches. He's on them hard, and he's very different, uh, disciplined and very demanding, and uh, it's starting to pay off. Do you anticipate having a feature back in 18 to 20 carry a guy game? You know, I tell them all the time, they make those decisions by what they put on tape. You'd love to have that at the same time if you have backs like we have that aren't, you know, real big guys but yet are really effective. Um, you can substitute them and use a total of four or five as you would one or two so um, it's not really a concern it's kind of a bonus in that aspect uh, but at some point in time guys have to separate right through their play um, through the way they are consistent from a mental standpoint and the way they are in their performance and uh, they're responsible for their own self-determination you know we tell them that all the time so we expect them to take that jump so the competition has been pretty thick it's been it's been fierce, and it's got to be, and it's only made that group better. How, how old did you know uh, Justin a year ago, and how much has that evolved over the last five months? Justin? Herbert. I, yeah. Everybody really became well acquainted with Justin, and especially as an offensive line coach and a run game coordinator, um, you know, protections are so important. Uh, we, we'd spend a pretty good amount of time reviewing protections because you've seen how at times he sees pressure coming on one front side or the other, and he can flip the protection, he could repoint a mic, he could redirect the center, get us to an advantage play. So um, pretty good amount of time. And he's, as you know him, he's a, he's a reserved yet strong leader um, who has kind of magnetic personality guy. So we kind of like the guy. He, he's, a, he's a third year starter now, but he, he, but he hasn't played, he's pl probably played just about one, one full season. You, yeah. you see kind of that 
where, where is he in you feel like he's a third-year starter in terms of experience and, and where's he at? Well, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I know that he is a, he's an excellent football player that wants to get better and he has to get better. I mean for us to sit back and and tell him, hey, you're, you're doing great, we're good, would be the biggest injustice we could do to Justin Herbert. You know, we have to find ways to challenge him, make him better, put him in difficult situations because teams are going to do that, right? If you want to attack Oregon, how would you attack them defensively, right? You'd make sure that you put a lot of pressure on number 10 and make him uncomfortable. So we have to continue to challenge him to get every, every, cell, every single position on the field. He must know it inside and out so he could own the entire offensive playbook and really have complete control of it. Was Jim's experience with the pistol one of the attractions for you? And do you see that being sort of your guys' base offense? Well, it's definitely a, a huge point of emphasis in the spring because it's another aspect. But we're very multiple. I mean, we're... You know, at times you might even see us under center every now and then, you know, but we're a gun, pistol, offset, um, back uh, type of operation. We have tempo and sometimes we slow it down. Uh, we have three different kinds of tempo, uh, but we, uh, we go fast, you know, we go fast. And the addition of the pistol gives us a couple things that I think are really hard to defend. And we're trying to continue to evolve, right? If you come back the exact same way the year before, you're going to have a difficult time. And that's our job. And that was part of it going out and spending time at other places of uh, some of the more successful programs and NFL teams in the country um, last year and just studying some of the things offensively that could add to our regimen, we did and we added and it's uh, it's shown up pretty well here in spring ball. What's the, what's the lifespan of uh, offense in college football? In, in other words, how, how often do you have to... We got some good ones today, man. Those are good. <laughs> the lifespan of an offense, well, good offenses, they stand the test of time, but they always bring a wrinkle the following year or as the season progresses so I think base concepts forever they never ever change I think uh, wrinkles rule breakers um, situational football you know I think the best example we're all talking about is a fourth down play by the Eagles right I mean haven't seen that one in a while but the local high school ran it you know so the wrinkles I think will always um, be at the forefront of off season you know um, professional development but I think your base your staple plays will always be with you. How accurate would it be to say that you're ahead of where you were last year at this time? You had a winning season. Mm -hmm. I assume you're optimistic you're going to do a lot more than that. Well, you know, what happens is with familiarity cannot be confused or allowed to slip into being lackadaisical and letting human nature take over. That's what we're on guard about 24-7 is making sure that we understand that this whole football thing, I mean, there's, what, another 100-plus teams practicing today the exact same way with a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. So we have to do what we do better than what our opponents do, and we have to invest the right kind of time, and we have to be teachers. That's the biggest point of emphasis to the coaches, right? We can get yellers and screamers, you know, out of anywhere. We need teachers. We need guys that are great mentors. We need guys that reach our players, that connect with our players, so we can continue advancing and know our stuff inside and out. And then we've got to be the team that, you know, at all costs, we're going to play harder and find a way to make sure we get to the ball better than anybody else. We spoke to Tyler today for the first time. What did you kind of see this? Tyler's a very talented guy. And uh, obviously him and, and Braxton are going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, knocking each other, you know, back and forth to try to fight to see who gets in the game first. Tyler is really talented. He's really smart. Um, what stands out about him most in the offseason, what he's a relentless competitor. He is not afraid to jump in there drill to drill, whether it be a an agility drill, a bag drill, something involving, um, uh, I don't know, some of our fourth quarter program stuff. 
he's not afraid and doesn't flinch when he's challenged. Um, you could coach him hard, which, right, you have to with a quarterback because their mistakes can change the whole momentum of a game. So uh, Tyler's, him and Braxton, they're, they're what you want, you know, at that position. Competitors that are tough and hard-nosed and that uh, want to get better. Have you put any thought into kind of the rotations for the, for the spring game for those two? You know, they'll get probably even reps. They'll be right in there. And uh, we want everybody to play for the spring game. Uh, that's the best part about the spring game, right? Everybody in there, everybody making plays, have an opportunity to make plays. And it goes with in line with what we're trying to do in the spring is find a role for everybody on the team. And some guys are starters and all Pac-12 players, and some guys are going to be great scout team players. But we have to define a role and find a role for everybody. And we need everybody, all right? And that includes everybody on staff as well. I mean, you see even our equipment guys. Kenny Farr's got those guys sprinting back and forth, placing balls down, setting up equipment because, um, again, it's going to take everybody to make sure the culture is exactly what we need it to be. That's Mario Cristobal, head coach for the Ducks, meeting with the media. Coming up next, uh, we're going to tell you about something pretty cool going on on Sunday. All the benefits go towards the St. Baldrick's Foundation. A, a couple standouts from Oregon soccer will join us. One of them's an alum, so I'm, I'm curious if we're going to see any uh, talking coming up if the alumni team is going to win. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Caitlin Wong and Emily Kessner will join us from Oregon soccer next on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. This is Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Don Corson. Don, you recently won a case against an insurance company for improper practices after an auto accident. What happened? We represented a man who bought auto insurance to protect his family. When he got in an accident, his insurance company refused to settle, and he was sued. There was a substantial judgment against him. His insurance company's lawyers encouraged him to take bankruptcy. That's just plain wrong. We were asked to help the man and filed a lawsuit against his insurance company for its unacceptable practices. When the jury heard the facts... They strongly penalized the insurance company for its misconduct. Most cases like this are never prosecuted because insurance companies are exempt from Oregon's unfair trade practices law. Until this law changes, insurance companies sometimes can take advantage of their Oregon policyholders. Thanks, Don. For more on your rights with insurance companies, visit the law firm of Corson & Johnson at CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Law & You is a community service and does not replace the advice of an attorney. This is Duck Insider from IMG. From IMG, America's home for college sports. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place, and then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hi, I'm Matt Kenseth. You don't have to be a race car driver to know that life can be full of drama. Some of it you can't control, like mechanical issues, high winds, and rain delays. But there's some drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. You just need to take that first step and find free classes near you and leave the drama for the racetrack. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.
Joey Mack, welcoming you back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Live here in the Duck Store today, where you purchase Sport the Ducks, past, present, and future. My pleasure to welcome Caitlin Wong, who is now a veteran of the show. We, we can say that. And Emily Kessner, who's a rookie, making her appearance. Yes. How are you guys? Thanks Doing for being well. here. Thanks for having us. It's going to be a really, really fun day on Sunday. So first, let's, let's start there with, uh, I guess, just the basics of the event. Caitlin, what should people know? Uh, what do you want people to know heading into another St. Baldrick's Day? Are we calling it the Bald Fest again? Yep, it's All the right. second annual Bald Fest. Um, proud to say that it's the second annual one now. So, um, and it's annual, so that means we're coming back. Oh, yeah. That's why this one is here. She's going to be taking on <laughs> oh, the yeah. ropes mm-hmm. full go um, once I leave, which is pretty close to two weeks from the event. So, um, so it's, you see that? It's real. It's setting in. I know. It is setting in. Way. I know. It is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this Sunday, um, starting at 2 p.m., we'll have our Oregon Bald Fest. It's the um, 7v7 soccer tournament uh, with a festival of four different food trucks, lots of different games, um, face painting, photo booth, a silent auction, um, lots of fun stuff to, to get involved with and obviously watch some, some great soccer. So really fun event. And this all started because you were interested in helping out the St. Baldrick's Foundation. I mean, give us a little bit of the backstory, if you could, to revisit it. Yeah. Um, well, the St. Baldrick's Foundation raises money for childhood cancer research, which is uh, incredibly underfunded in the United States. Um, out of all the cancer research that um, is funded by the U.S. government, childhood cancer research gets 4%. Four percent. Wow. So um, for a long time, people thought that childhood cancer was just, you know, a smaller version of adult cancer. Uh, so... It was, the research uh, need was really overlooked, but now it's it's up and coming, and um, the money needs to be there to fund the research to find a cure for, for these kids. So that's what the St. Baldrick's Foundation does, and I learned about it through Tom. Um, that's a really long story, um, but basically he was heavily involved, and I learned about what he did and wanted to do it here at the University of Oregon. So. I saw a big opportunity with the reach we have as student-athletes and the opportunities we have as student-athletes, so I wanted to get involved and help fund childhood cancer research. What got you interested in it, Emily? Emily, how did you get started? Um, Well, I got started when Caitlin approached our team, and she came to us in just a team meeting and said, hey, you know, I've started this project um, kind of as my senior project and something I'm interested in as far as, like, the science side um, with the research and then also just um, helping kids out. And so... Um, hearing that, I was like, yes, I want to do this, and with a bunch of my teammates as well. And um, I also have a personal connection to um, this as well because two of my friends growing up were um, diagnosed with different cancers. And so just having that in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I might not be able to help them, you know, overcome their cancer and, like, only, you know, God will cure them and only time will tell, you know, if they're able to beat that. But, um you know, this is something I can do and this is some way I can give back. And so that was kind of my motivation for helping Caitlin out. And so really it all started when she just approached us and was like, hey, I need you guys to help out. And so that's how it all got started. It's been an outstanding thing to, to follow. I mean, for me, even just last year, seeing the the amount of interest and the amount of support that you guys got, that had to feel pretty good. And hence why it's back for a second annual year, right? Yeah, uh, definitely blew my personal expectations out of the water. Uh, I got a lot of warnings as, you know, it being a first-year event, mm-hmm. like not to set your ex- expectations too high, but I think I'm known for setting my <laughs> expectations really high. So, uh, yeah, it, it it just 
speaks to you know the amount of involvement by people like Emily and my other teammates and families and and other students at the University of Oregon and just that's that's what I wanted that was my goal was to bring the community together and to find a way to have everyone you know soccer player volleyball player student student athlete um, young old have everyone just rally behind uh, helping to fund childhood cancer so Kaylin Wong, uh, Emily Kessner, our guest, talking about the St. Baldrick's Foundation. I'll call it a celebration, I think, on, on Sunday, a festival. You guys got the food trucks, uh, silent auction, which includes a signed football by Marcus Mariota. For those of you who are wondering, hey, what's going on at the silent auction? And all the benefits go towards the St. Baldrick's Foundation. You guys are up over, what, $30,000 now in pledges? Just mm-hmm. past it, yeah. That's outstanding. What did you get last year? 32, technically, um, but then... Uh, our project won the Oregon O Heroes Witham Award, so uh, Mr. and Mrs. Witham generously donated five thousand more dollars. Uh, so awesome! I like to say thirty-seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Thirty-seven. All right, so thirty-seven. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So that's what the bar is set at now. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, and Emily can attest to this. I I like to tell our team that you know we shouldn't make our expectation for the second year to raise more money. I mean, obviously that's a goal, uh, but what we want to do is you know create an event for years to come. Um, raise awareness, you know, get the community involved, and and really give everyone a good experience the day of. Give them something to talk about, really. So, stbaldricks.org slash events slash University of Oregon for more info on what we're talking about. And uh, let's revisit some of the details. On Sunday, uh, kicking off about noon for the soccer tournament. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, noon for the soccer tournament, and then two is when the soccer tournament will start to wrap up, and really the festival and, like, the games and the head shaving will commence after that as well. So um, as far as, like, food tr- food trucks and, like, time to play the games and everything, probably around two is when people want to start rolling in. Who's going to win the soccer tournament? <laughs> Definitely the Oregon soccer team. Okay. Not, not the not alumni. The alums. Not, not the old people. I have a conflict oh, wow. of interest because I'm technically a volunteer coach for you guys. So, oh, yeah. that's alumni, right. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to be running around doing a little coaching from afar as you traverse you, the whole event. I may drop in on the mic, you know, and say, <laughs> "Emily, you're not working hard enough." <laughs> I can Typical. see where this is uh, where this is going already. <laughs> what, what, what's the background on the head shaving? How did that become uh, the, the the focus with the St. Baldrick's Foundation and, and the support? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's always been their mo. Um, the idea is that. You know, volunteers and people in the community, you know, sign up to shave their head to stand in solidarity with the children that don't have a choice. I mean, that's it's just a a really visual, emotional representation of, hey, we've got your back. We're in this battle together and we know that you you have to do this. But, hey, let's make it something that we're all doing together. I love that. And I think that it was a highlight last year. You know, we we laugh about these things and we have fun with these things, but it really is for a heck of a cause and something that I think is pretty emotional. But. Devin Allen shaving Rob Mullen said that was a highlight of my entire year <laughs> oh, yeah. last year. I mean, there's always some fun like that, and I think that it's just another reason for people to come out and support this event. On Sunday, it's all at Pape Field. More info at uh, stbaldricks.org slash events slash University of Oregon. And uh, still able to raise more money. I know you guys are probably looking to, to raise a little bit more as the day goes on, and it sounds mm-hmm. like opportunity for people to donate a little bit at the event, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. So as um, people come to the event, there will be a table that is specific for just donations, and so um, we're hoping to definitely get some more donations a day up. What do we miss? Anything else you guys want to bring up? All right, that was a pretty uh, pretty. 2 p.m. Sunday at Pat Bay Field. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I want to see everyone out there. And the Ducks are going to win the tournament. The Ducks are going to win the tournament. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Uh, that's. Uh, I think that might be the, at least 
bragging rights are on the line, right? Yes, a little oh, bit. For, yeah. sure. for sure. Who else do you guys have coming in, alumni, and then current team? Um, Portland State, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's awesome. One, All right. Uh, sorry, one last oh, thing. There's a real uh, quick shout-out to Oregon Softball. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be honored at our event as well for being the team that's raised the most money. They've surpassed, I think, $11,000 and obviously wow. highlight uh, Gwen Speckis, uh, who's at, I think, just over 3000 and is going to shave her head if she gets to 10000 So. I also There's heard Peg time. Reese is up over about 2,000. Oh, yeah. Peg's an all-star. Peg's everywhere. Yep. Yeah. No, Veteran. this is uh, – it, it's pretty awesome. Miranda Ellish is over uh, 1,300. And I think you yourself, you're about 1,100. Is mm-hmm. that right? That's correct. All mm-hmm. right. That's, those are pretty amazing numbers. So, yeah, first absolutely. of all, that's awesome. What you guys have done, I think that you should be really proud of this event. And, again, come out. It's supposed to be great weather on Sunday, by the way, the, for the first time in, like, Let's, months. Let's uh, knock, on wood. Yeah, <laughs> knock on wood. We got I wood take the weather every day, yeah, if not twice a day. It's supposed to be beautiful. Hourly. Food truck, silent auction, uh, all for the St. Baldrick's Foundation, helping out research for childhood cancer. And, and I should have mentioned this earlier. For those of you that aren't watching on the Facebook live stream, uh, Caitlin Wong's got her stomp out cancer sweatshirt on. <laughs> Fitting. Good choice for yeah. today. Really, really good choice from Caitlin Wong. <laughs> and Emily Kessner, thanks so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. You guys are welcome. You guys are welcome anytime, anytime. And I'm really Mm -hmm. looking forward to coming out and enjoying the event. And you're going to be the MC. Yeah. So, hey, and, you know, I've said this before. I get the opportunity to MC a lot of really fun stuff at the University of Oregon. But the only reason that I get to have any fun is because people just order me around and tell me where to go. (laughs) This is perfect. Mm -hmm. Caitlin, so you tell me where to go, I'll be there. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, coming up next, we're actually going to talk with the Oregon softball head coach. Mike White joins us live from Jane Sanders Stadium just after this here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, I'm talking Carl's Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up. It's starting early and staying late, working hard and helping out, giving your all for your team and your community. And just like the Oregon Ducks, On Point does everything we can to help our team win, giving local people and local businesses the banking and lending solutions they need to get ahead. We're On Point Community Credit Union, a proud sponsor of University of Oregon Athletics. Federally insured by NCUA, equal opportunity lender. Your daily dose of Oregon athletics. This is Duck Insight from IMG. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ed Council. Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov.
Welcome back to Duck Insider, presented by Point Community Credit Union. Joey Mack here with you inside the Duck Store, and joining us across the river over at Jane Sanders Stadium, Oregon softball head coach Mike White. Coach, uh, back from sunny Arizona, how was the weather out there? It was great. Uh, in fact, we hit a little bit of everything. I was cold. Uh, I think on Saturday night it was like a windstorm out there, so it was definitely different. But Saturday, uh, Sunday was beautiful uh, with the low 90s. You guys get a, another series win over a top 10 team, yet somehow you drop one spot in the polls. Uh, that's polls for you. We'll get to that coming up in just a little while. Uh, let's start generally. Your recap of a series win over the Sun Devils, winning the first two in pretty convincing fashion, Coach. Yeah, I, I thought we did a good job Friday night against uh, one of the better pitchers in the country. Uh, Juarez, uh, you know, lefty. Uh, we haven't seen too many lefties this year. and. Um, you know, she she throws well, and uh, it took us a little bit to get onto it, but eventually we did. We hit some balls hard, and uh, I thought uh, you know we took the momentum into the next day uh, against Maha, who's also you know been throwing well for him, and we uh, we came out with six home runs, which was like okay, well, when did we get to play in Tempe some more? <laughs> so. <laughs> That was actually my next question for you. Some very legitimate power numbers. Uh, we talked about how that the ball can fly a little bit there. Uh, was that really just because you were in Tempe, or was it also just some good hitting against some pretty good Arizona State pitching? It was a little bit of both for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't hit any until the last day. So, you know, we kept them down. They had some good numbers. So our pitching staff did a good job. But, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, our power hitters are starting to find their form a little bit. Uh, which is uh, pleasing, um, and uh, hopefully can continue going against uh, you know Oklahoma and then Stanford this weekend. How good was Megan Kleist and the pitching staff in general? I mean, it, it seemed like overall, especially in those first two games, you guys really did keep them in check, as you said. Yeah, first two games uh, went, went really well. Megan was really mixing speeds and using all her pitches. Um, wasn't uh, at her best the first inning or two, and um, you know, but w- once she got into that uh, third, fourth innings, I think she retired everybody in order. Uh, so finished the game really strong, and then uh, Miranda was again, you know, pretty dominant. You know, had a good rise ball going and uh, got a number of strikeouts. Uh, and then Sunday, you know, we kind of, you know, Megan got off to a slow start again, and uh, I just wanted to see and uh, you know what uh, Maggie Ballant could do and. Uh, you know, we give up that early run. Megan give up a run in the first innings. We 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 had a chance at a double play, and we didn't quite get it. And as you know, when you let good teams get a second opportunity, it can cost you. But uh, you know, uh, Maggie came in and um, you know gave up a couple more runs, and then of course Miranda did as well. But the bottom line is, we didn't score. Mike White, our guest, Oregon softball head coach, uh, recapping a win over Arizona State, uh, two games to one in the series. Uh, The Ducks now number one in the college softball RPI, number four in the poll as uh, they dropped one point despite winning a series on the road against a top ten team. Uh, Explain that one to me, and I'll give you a million dollars. And number two, Oklahoma, is coming up next, Coach. Uh, I want to start there. Uh, How'd the scheduling with Oklahoma happen? I know it's hard to get these non-conference games on a schedule of any kind, any time of year, but especially in the middle of conference season, playing them on a Thursday. How, how were you able to pull that off with the Oklahoma coaching staff? Yeah, actually, it was a, it was a bit of luck, really. Um, I noticed that uh, you know Oklahoma was coming up here to play Oregon State because uh, they have uh, similar bye weekends. So we uh, reached out to Oklahoma and asked if they would mind playing us in a single game. Obviously, you know, I think they wanted to play a double hitter, but uh, you know, with Stanford coming in, you know, we've got to make sure we're you know, wearing ourselves out here. 
And uh, so we, we agreed to a one-game matchup, and um, it, I think it is exciting to have uh, obviously defending back-to-back national champions uh, coming into town, and uh, you know they have a, they have an excellent pitching staff and a, and, a, and a very explosive team. Yeah, that was my next question. You, it's like you've done this with us a few times before, Coach. <laughs> what's the Oklahoma <laughs> scouting report? Uh, what are some players to watch, and what's made them so good, uh, both this year and in previous years with those national championships recently? Well, Paige Parker, the lefty, you know, she won a national championship her, her sophomore year, I believe, and is now a senior and has a really low ERA. I think it's, uh, you know, in the low threes, actually. Uh, you know, and then, of course, they got a hard-throwing Paige Lowry, the transfer from Missouri, um, who can really get it up there in the low 70s. Uh, and then Parker Conrad, a transfer from Missouri again. Uh, Lopez is another pitcher. they got like five, six pitchers on their staff that – that they're all legit in their own right. And then, of course, they have a, a, a freshman phenom in Jocelyn Allo. I think he has 18 home runs already and uh, could be the next Lauren Chamberlain. And, uh, so that could be an exciting person to watch. Sydney Romero, another kid, Shay Knighton. I mean, the list goes on with, uh, with the stars they have on their team. So it sounds like uh, the Oregon Ducks with all the stars on, on their team. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, we have our own stars for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and that's why we're ranked in the top five. But uh, it should be a good matchup against uh, you know two versus number four. I'm glad that you brought up the the, the sheer amount of pitchers because you and I have talked frequently about how softball is kind of moving towards having a, a pitching staff. I mean, is this one of the more difficult teams to scout simply because they've got so many different quality arms? It really is, obviously, you know, and even, you know, with the Big 12 network, there's not as much, um, you know, TV available as it would be in the Pac-12 or SEC. So we're just trying to find some uh, quality footage. You know, obviously, you know, we've got some stuff from Baylor and, and uh, you know, uh, so we've got some footage, but it's not quite as available as it would be on the other, other uh, conferences. Some keys to success uh, for you guys in this Thursday matchup with the Sooners. Well, just, you know, eliminate the walks. We have to attack them. You know, as soon as you start pitching around people, you know, they've got enough power throughout their lineup where they can get into those big innings, and that's what we've got to stay away from. Stay away from the big innings. Uh, we've got, obviously got to get our top two kids on, which is, you know, Mac and uh, Lily. They have to be up there, and then we've got to uh, make sure we, we're getting pitches we can handle, you know, like any other game, just what we did against um, Arizona State. You know, we've got to get them in the zone. Oklahoma, the matchup for Oregon softball. It's number two versus number four in the polls. It's at Jane Sanders Stadium, a 4 o'clock start. There's still a few tickets available, GoDucks.com. Also, Ticketmaster, check there. You might be able to get in and see a really good matchup, two top five teams squaring off at Jane Sanders Stadium. I feel like I'm saying top five teams squaring off at Jane Sanders Stadium and top ten teams squaring off at Jane Sanders Stadium an awful lot this year. As We're chatting with Oregon softball head coach Mike White. And, Coach, happy tax day, by the way. I hope that uh, the taxes got in okay. There's no such thing as a happy tax day, Joe. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I let you go, Coach, I know you're full focus on this matchup with Oklahoma, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a, this Stanford team coming in, the Pac-12 slate for the weekend. A spring game weekend supposed to be beautiful. Hope that a lot of fans will fill up Jane Sanders Stadium. Last I saw, there's not many tickets available, but there are still some out there for the Stanford weekend. Um, let's maybe start with uh, a, a head coach that you know awful well for the Stanford Cardinal. That's got to be pretty cool to go up against her. In the conference, though, eh, maybe not so much. How are you feeling, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, was, uh, I was very fortunate to lure her away from Stanford the first time. She was an assistant coach there, and 
she was with us one year and um, certainly helped us get our program around our feet. Uh, you know, she's a young coach but has a lot of experience and uh, is intelligent, knows how to play the game, knows how to get their players to play up to their potential. And we saw that when she went to Minnesota. She took a team that was uh, you know, languishing a little bit in the bottom of the pack, uh, Big Ten and, and moved them right on up. And uh, I think they won a, a championship there. It's, uh, you know, so um, it's exciting to see her come back. And um, I, I know she's going to turn that program around. And they've already done some good things there. You know, they uh, actually knocked off UCLA. So uh, they have uh, a very good team. Jessica Allister in her uh, first year coaching the Stanford Cardinal coming over from Minnesota. Uh, does she still know your signs? Are you using the same signs from when she was here? <laughs> no, no, we changed those. But uh, maybe some of the things I do could be the same, some some little nuances I have. But, uh, you know, we do go to that number system, so everything's completely different. Uh, finally, uh, what's the Stanford team bring to the table? Uh, you mentioned they're an improved squad from previous years. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, their their offensive numbers are, are struggling a little bit, but um, you know, they have two good pitchers out there, and, and Dwyer and Lee, uh, they're the two main pitchers, and uh, they're keeping teams down in, in the run production. I know the Beavers uh, had a good weekend against them last weekend, but you know, when you look at the the, the uh, UCLA series, that's a really good hitting team that they kept down, and um, so we're, we're going to be aware of that that they can defend and they can pitch. He's Mike White, head coach of the top five ranked Oregon softball team. They're number one in the RPI for collegiate softball, heading into a matchup with the defending national champion Oklahoma Sooners, 4 o'clock on Thursday. And then throughout the weekend, Stanford in town Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Starts at 6 o'clock on Friday when the Ducks take on the Cardinal. Coach, thanks for always taking the time every Tuesday. Looking forward to chatting with you next week, hopefully after a few wins. And I'll say it again, Coach, happy tax day. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Jerry, and go Ducks. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Ducks, also quarterback Tyler Shuck. That's next on Duck Insider, presented by Point Community Credit Union here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. This is Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Laura Johnson. Laura, I understand Oregon is leading a national effort to protect children from chemicals in certain products. Joel, it's called the Toxic Free Kids Act. It requires manufacturers to disclose and eventually phase out harmful chemicals that are known to cause health problems such as cancer, learning disabilities, and chronic diseases like asthma. Children and pregnant women are especially at risk. Oregon's law helped lead the way to new national laws, the first in 40 years. Implementation will be the next step and will take years. As new chemicals are identified in the Toxic Free Kids Act, we'll be posting them on our website. Our firm has worked to bring public awareness to lead-free children's toys and alternatives to pesticides in parks. Our goal is to protect Oregon children from harmful chemicals. Thanks, Laura. To learn more about the Toxic Free Act and sign up to get reports on chemicals, visit CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Law and You is part of Corson & Johnson's work to make communities safer. Duck Insider from IMG. This is the Oregon IMG Sports Network. I've got the water, energy bars, and camera. I think we're set for the hike. Almost. We need to protect our skin. Don't forget your wide-brimmed hat and sunscreen. All right. I've got the hat. I've got SPF 30. Will that work? Yeah. Anything 15 or higher is good. Just make sure it says broad spectrum. Great. Got it. I am not getting burned again. Let's go. Learn more at cdc.gov cancer. 
Hi, I'm Kathy Rigby, and I love portraying Peter Pan on the stage. But there are many children who are facing the reality of life-threatening illnesses every day. Discovery Arts helps children undergoing cancer treatment step outside of their illness and into a world of imagination by bringing them music, dance, and arts adventures while they're in the hospital. For $15 a month, you can become a Discovery Arts partner and bring art adventures to a child facing the unimaginable. Visit discoveryarts.org today for more information. Welcoming you back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. My thanks to Mike White for taking the time to chat with us from Jane Sanders Stadium. Also, Caitlin Wong and Emily Kessner of Oregon Soccer, talking about the St. Baldrick's Foundation, the celebration that will be happening at Pape Field on Sunday, 2 o'clock, when the festivities get going. Noon is when the soccer games will kick off. We'll see who the champion of the soccer tournament will be should be pretty awesome duck store warehouse sale is going on this weekend at least 50 percent off a huge selection of duck gear friday noon to 8 p.m saturday 10 to 8 and sunday 10 to 6 it's all at 2020 franklin boulevard which is in inside excuse me of the east side of the romania warehouse duck store warehouse sale more info on the duck store website Download the Oregon Game Day app on your smartphone's app store. You can stay up to date with Ducks news and social media. Tickets in the app, live game broadcasts as well. Facilities information, all part of the Go Ducks Game Day app. Going to hear from Justin Herbert and Tyler Shuck, the freshman quarterback for the Ducks, met with the media for the first time today. Do want to also tell you about the Hayward Field designs that were released by the University of Oregon today. At about 1.30, the designs for Hayward Field were made public. You can find more about it around.uoregon.edu slash Hayward slated to open in 2020 it's going to be a new standard for sports venues and the University of Oregon said in a release they want to quote create a world-class training and completion and competition excuse me facility for student athletes and incorporate new laboratories and research facilities to better understand the potential of human performance Oregon President Michael Schill said, quote, when complete, Hayward Field will be nothing less than the finest track and field facility in the world, emblematic of the risk takers and innovators who have made Oregon great. The new design for Hayward Field is awe-inspiring, amazing, and completely in accord with the university's relentless pursuit of excellence in everything that we do. Close quote. That's Michael Schill, the University of Oregon president and professor of law. In addition to everything that Hayward Field does for all the track and field events, there will also be classrooms and laboratories for the human physiology program and beyond at the University of Oregon. It's a pretty awe-drawing, I think is the best way to describe it, and jaw-dropping um, design when you see it. If you go to around.uoregon.edu slash Hayward, as you scroll down, you'll see the transformation that uh, Hayward Field will go through, and it is quite breathtaking when you see the state-of-the-art facility that will open in 2020 here at the University of Oregon for the newly designed Hayward Field. I'm looking forward to it. Should be pretty darn cool. Before we hear from Justin Herbert, I also want to remind you for Oregon baseball coming up this weekend, Thursday through Saturday in Corvallis, 
The Beavers have enacted a clear bag policy at Oregon State now. Wanted to update fans on that. No metal water bottles allowed inside of the venues as well. Something to keep in mind. More info is available on the Oregon State Athletics website. But it's a clear bag policy at Oregon State now, so be aware for those of you who are planning on making the trip up to Corvallis for the Civil War. Now getting ready for the spring game, Justin Herbert. Final time that we'll hear from the Oregon quarterback before the spring game kicks off at Autzen Stadium at 2 o'clock on Saturday. A 1 o'clock pregame show for us here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. The Duck quarterback met with the media talking about uh, spring ball, how it's been so far, and what are some of the focuses heading into this spring game and the final week of spring practice. Justin Herbert meeting with the media today. Coach Meister was talking about kind of the pistol. What's the adjustment for a quarterback with, with running that more? Uh, just different footwork. Um, basically, it's, it's kind of the same thing um, scheme-wise, but uh, just getting used to the footwork and getting used to where the back is, so it's not too different. Do you see that as being kind of your your base, the offense you guys are lined up in mostly? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what we've we've been doing this spring and, and just focusing on putting the back in different spots and just changing the looks up. As fans watch, well, does it look real different? Does it feel to you kind of, I mean, you guys have always just had one back out mm-hmm. there. It's just been offset. Is, does it feel like a major difference in kind of what you guys are doing? It's not a major difference. I think I think just, just switching up the looks and, and uh, doing a different thing for the defense. It's uh, we're, not, we're not changing any of the offense. We're we're just putting them in different spots and, and making things look different. Justin, what are you seeing from Tony this spring? Tony's uh, Tony's done a really good job. He's he's bulked up. He's he's uh, believe it or not, he's gotten even faster. So he's done a great job, and uh, he's a guy that, that we can count on and and uh, definitely a good ball player. He said they've they've got him on a weight program. They want him to get up to like I mean I don't know what it is, gain a pound a week or something like that. Do you think he can he can get up and, and keep that speed? Um, yeah, I mean I've. I've seen it already happen, so he's, he's up uh, a couple pounds, and it's been real impressive to watch him, so I'm sure he, he could do whatever the coaches ask of him. It's kind of interesting how, the, you know, the, at least height and weight-wise, it's not a huge backfield, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I know Mario kind of wants that, that physical presence back there. How do you think they're going to kind of balance that in the backfield? How have you, how have you maybe seen that yeah. play out in practice? Um, they've done a great job. Like, even in the weight room, just watching them lift weights is impressive. They're, they're lifting with the linemen, and... And uh, a guy like C.J. Verdell is, is super impressive in the weight room, so I know that they can uh, they can handle anything Coach Criswell wants of them. How much has the offense made the, the biggest strides so far in the spring? Um, I think just overall being together. I think, uh, you know, we, we were a fresh group. A bunch of new guys came into place last year, and, and uh, I think having a year with each other and just coming together and knowing each other has, has been huge. So I think uh, communication's been key, and, and we've just gotten a lot better. You have the same offensive coordinator, but how has your relationship with Cristobal evolved since he took over as, as head coach? Yeah, we've definitely gotten close. He's he's a guy that I can go to for anything, and and uh, I know that that we we trust each other, and, and uh, he's a guy that everyone everyone gravitates towards, and, and he's our leader, and so he's a guy that that everyone follows. It's it's, it's your third year now in the program. Do you feel like a third year player because between. I mean, people say you're a third-year yeah. starter, but between the injury and then your freshman year where you started kind of midway through, how do you kind of feel in terms of your experience and, and playing on the field? It feels like I just got here, really, to be honest. But uh, I think uh, I'm seeing a lot of the guys that, that I came in here with and, and uh, we're kind of the older older group. So it's uh, it's been interesting to see, but um, kind of got to take a, a leadership role and, and, uh, and speak up and and it's my third year, so it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely fun. And is that something that even like within the quarterbacks room, because you guys have you know a true freshman in there and, and some younger players, do you feel like you kind of have to 
you feel like that older player in that room now? Yeah, I mean, they, they always they always joke around with me how old I am, but uh, you know, I think we're only like a year apart, so um, kind of just kind of just taking things as they come and, and uh, doing my job, I guess. Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Ducks, and you heard strength and conditioning coordinator Aaron Feld there in the background uh, yelling, let's go, every morning you'll hear it. Duck Insider today brought to you by Bymark. Get ready for your season for less. Up next, let's hear from the new guy, Tyler Shuck, who joined the program for spring practice. He has developed quite a bit. I'm impressed with the arm of Tyler Shuck. When I watch him in practice, he certainly looks the part. I'm excited to see him in the spring game, honestly. I think it's going to be cool to see the lights go on. We'll hear from Tyler Shuck, the freshman quarterback, when we come back here on Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Like any winning team, it takes every part of EMC Insurance companies working together to successfully ensure that our agents, policyholders, and employees can count on EMC. And they do. They count on our broad range of insurance products and services. They count on our superior level of personalized service, and they trust that we will continue to be a financially stable partner just like we have been for more than 100 years. All of this makes EMC one of the nation's premier insurance companies, and that's something you can always count on. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, I'm talking Carl's Jr., pick it up, western bacon cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up. Western bacon cheese, burger cheese, bacon, western bacon cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up. You're listening to Duck Insider, Duck Insider, on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark, and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's Practical Poly Radio. I've switched to cooking with healthier oils. So now what do I do with all these tubs of lard? Skinny jeans feeling too tight. A bit of lard on your hips and thighs and those pants slide on like a dream. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. This broadcast of University of Oregon Athletics is authorized under rights granted to IMG College, LLC, by the University of Oregon and is intended solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, retransmission, or commercial use of the descriptions and accounts of this game or show without the express written consent of IMG College and the University of Oregon is prohibited. The announcers are selected by IMG College and approved by the University of Oregon. Today's legal disclaimer brought to you by Corson and Johnson Law. In life as in sports, you have to enforce the rules to keep people safe. Learn more about how the law can help make our community safer at CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Corson and Johnson Law Firm is a proud sponsor 
of the Oregon Ducks. We're live here at the Duck Store where you purchase support the students, faculty, and staff of the University of Oregon. Joey Mack welcoming you back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. The new renderings of Hayward Field getting a lot of love, as they should. Uh, the <laughs> renderings are pretty outstanding. Um, it certainly is awe-inspiring, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome to see that venue go through that transformation opening in 2020. More at around.uoregon.edu. You can see the renderings for yourself. Uh, it's going to be the best track and field venue potentially in the world, probably in the world. It's awesome. Tyler Shuck, the Oregon football freshman quarterback, met with the media for the first time today, getting ready for spring football coming to a close with the spring game on Saturday. Tyler Shuck meeting with the media. How's this jump start on college been for you? Uh, good. You know, it was probably one of the best decisions I made coming up here early. You know, learning all the playbook, getting getting into classes, everything like that. The whole teammate culture has been awesome so far. What would be the one thing that you feel like you've you've developed over the the course of the, your time up here so you know, far? Definitely the playbook, just kind of my football knowledge. You know, the speed, the tempo, everything's definitely faster up here. you got to get you get experience. So it's definitely been a good ride so far. I learned a lot, you know, as far as classes. And then you meet a whole bunch of new people here, so it's been great. It seemed like you were able to kind of get ingrained into the Oregon stuff pretty quickly. I, I saw you had some basketball games and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. What, what, how, how much did that mean to, to you to be able to kind of get here early and, and kind of get in with this community right yeah i mean that's a big thing i mean you just once you come here you want to get ingrained to the culture you want to experience new things go as much in many events as you can and just have as much fun because you're in college you know it is a game still i mean i try and forget that i try not try i don't try to forget that sometime because i get so focused on you know oh i i made a bad throw or etc and then but you know you have to forget it's still a game you still have to have fun you're going to lean on, on Justin while he's here to kind of emulate what he, right, he's Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been asking him about, you know, plays. You know, what do you think about this coverage? What do you think about this? Just asking him, you know, what classes are you taking? Stuff like that, you know, because he's definitely been through it. Um, definitely look up to him trying to be, you know, what he, ha- he has done here. So it's definitely been great coming here early, learning from him and all the other quarterbacks. Taggart famously tweeted out a photo yeah. of himself visiting you the day that he kind of interviewed at Florida mm-hmm. State. What was that whole scenario like for you? Uh, it was definitely it was definitely weird, you know. I had a weird vibe to it. Um, wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Um, definitely, he was definitely promoting Oregon at the time. You know, I, everyone, the whole news was already going out. But you know, whatever his decision, I supported it. As long as you know, I knew Coach Chris Ball and Coach Royal were staying, I was 100 percent with yeah. it. So I was just glad that they're still here and that we got everything going. I was going to say, was there a hesitation about Oregon, or did you kind of? I was contemplating it, but you know, I just I was just upfront with all the coaches, and you know, they were upfront with me, and then everything worked itself out. So I was just glad it happened that way. What's this competition been like for this backup role? Uh, it's pretty good. You know, Braxton and I, we, I mean, we're great friends. Like, we hang out all the time. Uh, we know we're just making each other better. Um, you know, we're sharing reps right now. Um, I'm, you know, we just do the best he can each practice, you know, hope for the best. We make each other better. He make, he does great things. Uh, he does some things I can't. I do some things um, he can't. So we just try and learn from each other and just get better overall. What, what are those things that he can do that you can't and, and vice versa? Uh, I mean, as far as his experience and uh, been here, so like I always ask him for like playbook-wise and like, oh, like what is the footwork on this thing? And then, you know, he just asked me for some other stuff like that. And we, we have a really great personality together. We're always funny, joking around. So it's definitely a cool quarterback room to be in so far. Probably important to have that kind of, of relationship. Of course, yeah, of course. You don't want to have like a hostile room that's your kind of but it's a very good competition that I've liked so far. What have, what have the scrimmages been like for you, and, and kind of how, how do you feel like you've improved going into the spring game? Just 
just my main knowledge-wise, just kind of like getting the speed of the game. You get the plays down, and once you get kind of the tempo of it, it's been really good so far. He was kind of thrown on the fire last year as a true freshman. What kind of stuff has he told you about about that and being prepared? Well, I mean, we definitely, you know, there's certain moments that he shares, like, you know, like dropping snaps or something like that, how he experienced it, and then you just kind of share info with each other about how to overcome certain things and Justin as well. So it's been great kind of just to feed to them and, go through the same experience. How much do you kind of like, you know, watch what he had done last year and, and kind of come in, you know, with that? Yeah, Braxton, Braxton, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, someone I just saw it on TV, but, you know, you know, everything, a lot changes in your year. You get a lot of experience from it, so you just do the best you can each day and then learn from each other. Is the plan right now for the spring game to you guys to, to share reps, you know, at the... Uh, I'm not sure. We haven't really been told anything. We just kind of go in each day, do what our coaches tell us. Whoever gets in for reps, then we just do the best we can. How exciting will it be, though, to go out there and play at Austin in front of the fans? Yeah, that's definitely be a first experience for sure. I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. Good stuff from Tyler Shuck, the Oregon quarterback. Uh, very articulate for a guy that should be a senior in high school, huh? Yeah, I was impressed with him talking to the media today. That was fun for me to get to know him a little bit. I'm sure that we're going to get to know him a lot over the next uh, few years, hopefully, here at the University of Oregon. Well, the... Uh, Drawings are out. The renderings of the new Hayward Field around.uoregon.edu. You can see them for yourself. They're pretty outstanding. My thanks to Caitlin Wong and Emily Kessner joining us to discuss Sunday St. Baldrick's Festival. More info on that at GoDucks.com. Mike White, Mario Cristobal. Tomorrow, Craig Pittens is going to join us for Athletic Director Wednesday. Talk to you then. I rescued Toast from my shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. Toast does whatever she wants, obviously. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special. Toast, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by Understood.org and the Ad Council. Alvin and the Chipmunks want to remind you to keep bacteria and food from making you ill with four simple steps. You should be a walk in the park. Clean. Wash hands and surfaces often. I'm waiting for the ring cycle. Separate. Keep raw meats away from ready-to-eat foods. Yep. Cook. Make sure meat, poultry, and seafood is cooked to the right temperature. Fire in the hole. And chill. Refrigerate food promptly. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. The road trip to food safety starts at foodsafety.gov. You've been listening to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Presented by On Point Community Credit Union.
Better banking, local solutions. A special thanks to University of Oregon Athletics Director Rob Mullins. Duck Insider is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.